Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. No distractions, no interruptions today, Randy. We're getting right into the God of the second chance. Well, Mark, we have been on a roll recently with these characters from the Bible who have uh, that concept, Is um, they have that in common. They do, and we're focusing, obviously, given what we do here at our ministry on God of the second chance when it comes to characters in the Bible who have committed uh, rather egregious sexual sins. So, can you review for us who we've talked about so far? I believe I can, because these shows have gone by quickly, but they have been, uh, they've really been fun to, to talk about. We started the series by talking about the prodigal son. From there, we went on and spoke about uh, David. We talked about the woman at the well. We talked about the adulterous woman, the woman who had been married five times and was right. currently living with a sixth man. Right and her uh, chance meeting with Jesus at the well. And uh, today uh, we're going to move on and talk about Solomon. You forgot about the woman caught in adultery. Oh, okay. Did we not cover that? Uh, I believe we did. John chapter 8. Now we're moving back into the Old Testament. Uh, we're going to cover today the second of the, the three guys in the Old Testament, God's strongest man, God's greatest king, and God's wisest man. We've uh, talked about the greatest king, David. Today we're going to talk about Solomon, the wisest man, and next week we'll talk about Samson, the strongest man. Now, I have to admit to our listeners that when it comes to these king stories in the Old Testament, I get a little lost sometimes in 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. But the story about Solomon that I wanted to reference today for those who want to follow along in their Bibles, is from 1 Kings chapter 11, first of all, verses 1 through 6. Are you ready? I'm royally confused. You are? I know. I'm telling you. These books about kings and their lineages and their sons and their daughters and all of this kind of stuff, uh, you really have to have a scorecard. But 1 Kings uh, is the uh, story of Solomon, and this is what it says. King Solomon however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. So, in other words, he had some politically arranged marriage with Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, by the way, we, uh, we'll talk in a minute about the fact that Solomon is also the author of the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs, which is generally uh, regarded as you know, the Bible's great treatise on healthy marriage, healthy romance, healthy sexuality. Uh, and there's a lot of speculation in terms of, you know, all of the stuff that he writes about in Song of Solomon. I mean, who was the who was the woman? And uh, there's some speculation that it was Pharaoh's daughter. But uh, now th- there's a list here of the various foreign women that uh, Solomon loved. There were Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and those crazy women, the Hittites, uh, they're listed here. So <laughs> Solomon loved many foreign women. Uh, the Bible says they were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts 
after their gods. Nevertheless, anytime the word nevertheless appears in the Bible, you know something bad is going to happen. Solomon held fast to them in love, meaning he had sex with them. The word right. sex is never used in the Bible, so this means Solomon had sex with all these women. He had 700 wives, and they were of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. I love that, the detestable god. He was not just the wrong god, he's the detestable god. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. So he needs a second chance, obviously. One of the things that I've always thought about when I remember this passage is that um, the number of men that we work with here who just think that if they uh, had more sex, if they had more variety of sex, if they could have sex with uh, various women in their imagination, uh, the things would be okay. Well, here's a guy that had a thousand possibilities on a daily basis. We shouldn't laugh about this, Randy. Well, we shouldn't. And and for all of the Sean Kemp's and uh, and rock stars in the world who have uh, had sex with uh, thousands of women, uh, your point is still well taken. Here's an extreme case with Solomon, and yet uh, it's uh, it has nothing to do with the numbers of women. Uh, that thirst will never be quenched. That is right. So we've talked about that any number of times on this show, that sexual thirst is never satisfied. I just, I don't know, I, I just find it fascinating. He had, a, he had 700 wives. I mean, that's called being busy, Randy, I think. That's more than being busy. I have my hands full with the one I currently uh, have had for the past 23 years, and I, I can't imagine having a second. She's rather hard to keep up with, isn't well, she? She's, she's a busy gal. She's a very busy gal, <laughs> particularly when it comes to exterior yard work, as I understand it. Uh, she's a master motivator. <laughs> she is a master motivator. Well, you know, okay, so you know, we can joke about this, but the truth of it is that uh, Solomon had disobeyed God's instructions. Whenever we're talking about second chances, we got to start with understanding that at some point, God's commandments, God's instructions, God's truth, you know, is being disobeyed or disregarded. Yeah, where did they go wrong? Right. And God had warned Solomon that if he married all these foreign women, uh, they would lead him astray. And they did. So you think about the concept of codependency in order to satisfy and please these women. He turned his attention to uh, other gods, two of which are mentioned in, in the passage. I, you know, I think there are times when we're doing this show when we want to pause for a moment, and uh, I'd just like you to think, ponder, about how many times you've had the thought in your brain that there are other women out there that would be, in fact, satisfying, and how many times have you turned your attention toward the fantasy or the pursuit even just in your mind of other women. Given the idea that the grass is always greener, how many of us have even turned our attention to women from other countries or whatever else it is? I mean, we could talk about lots of examples of this. I'm just challenging our average listener to think about how they've pursued 700 wives or 300 concubines in their mind. Right, right. And it doesn't take too vivid of a 
of an imagination to come up with that very theme because we're surrounded in our culture with media and, you know, the exposure to these exotic women from around the world does get the imagination of many men just reeling. Right. Let's take our break right now. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Gypsy wind is blowing warm tonight The sky is starlit and the time is right And still you're telling me you have to go Before you leave there's something you should know Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Something you should know, babe. I've seen you smiling in the summer sun I've seen your long hair flying when you run I've made my mind up that it's meant to be Someday, lady, you'll accompany me Someday, lady, Time now for the trigger of the week. Okay, Randy. You have set us up for a phone call suggested trigger of the week. And it's funny that it was a phone call because uh, when we put out the challenge last week to submit uh, your ideas or your experiences with discovering certain triggers, uh, got a phone call. And uh, from Steve, and Steve said, I've got a trigger for you. I listened to today's show, and I wanted to let you know that in my business, in my experience, I have encountered receptionists with sexually seductive voices. What? <laughs> you mean and, there are businesses uh, oh, I that think, would actually... I uh, think there are plenty of businesses out there that uh, carefully select the personnel that answer their phones. And uh, in many cases, when you least expect it, you will call a business and there will be uh, a voice on the other end of the phone that is quite alluring. Are you suggesting, or is Steve suggesting, that there are businesses out there that use sexuality to promote their products? I believe that's exactly what he was getting at. And uh, back to the age-old adage that um, sex sells, that uh, sexual appeal is used in marketing in every imaginable form, Mm -hmm. Um, I think that uh, Steve came up with a great trigger for today. Well, you know... 
I think there's a segue into our topic for today in that uh, when you think about this particular trigger of the week, and we think about the concept of many foreign women, the 700 wives of Solomon and the 300 concubines and all of that, we're partially talking about fantasy and mythology. Mythology meaning, you know, I think most of us in our brains have some kind of sense of what is the alluring voice, what is the kind voice, what is the suggestive voice. Now, that may vary for some of us, but I think there are some universal type voices that, you know, if we heard them, we'd kind of assume that's a sensual, suggestive, sexual type of voice. I think basically what the segue here is that there's many different ways to get lured in by many different women, even anonymous women that we don't get to see, we just hear their voices. But I will guarantee you that when this trigger of the week happens, you know, our, our visual brain starts taking off and wondering what so-and-so looks like. I've always enjoyed it because uh, I've had that experience. You know, you get call, called by a receptionist about your doctor's appointment. It's a very uh, nice-sounding, sensual voice, and then you actually go in for your appointment and meet this person, and she is nothing like what her voice sounded like. I mean, I, I think all of us get lured in, you know, at times by things like voices. Uh, today's uh, subject, uh, Solomon, was definitely one such character who uh, did uh, succumb to the allure of these women. Now, one of the things we know about Solomon is that he was, in fact, and he remained, this is the God of the second chance, he remained king. Now, with David, we remember that even after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba, even after he'd had Bathsheba's husband basically murdered, he was allowed to remain king. And uh, our scripture lesson is describing Solomon reminds us that David remained true to the worship of God until his death. With David, we know that God is the God of the second chance, allowed him to remain king. I think we need to remember that uh, God is always willing to give us a second chance. God is always waiting. You know, we talked about the prodigal son. So God is always on the lookout. He's always waiting for us to return back. Now, in our story today, I'll have to be honest with the listeners. I mean, this is not a happy story. I mean, Solomon uh, remains very deluded here for, you know, basically the rest of his reign. I mean, God sends various adversaries against him to test him and, and try him and convince him of uh, God's almighty power and wrath and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, Solomon is really pretty seduced by the uh, neurochemistry of all of this romance. And at what point does Solomon attempt to start to turn things around and ask our God of second chances for forgiveness? Did I say he did? No, and I, I think that's the part of the story. I, uh, something tells me that that may be tied to uh, the Paul Harvey catchphrase of uh, the rest of the story. Well, yeah, basically, you know, at the end of the narrative about Solomon, he never really gets it. So, I, you know, I think when we are uh, suggesting certain characters in the Bible here that uh, participate in the second chance, so far we've talked about people that do get it, that do return, that do repent. The prodigal son repents and returns. Uh, the woman at the well is the first one to preach uh, the message that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah, the adulterous woman. We really don't know what happened to her. She was given a second chance. We assume she 
hopefully went off and never committed adultery again. David, we know, was faithful to the worship of God the remainder of his reign. Now we come to a story where Solomon never does quite get it. When you think about it, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because he is God's wisest man. Well, that's the part that I was sitting here pondering because we're all familiar with you know the the term the wisdom of Solomon when someone is was a very is a very knowledgeable or wise or or experienced person the reference will be given you know the wisdom of Solomon so where did that all start with this man who was so troubled well he was wise you know i i think and here's an ampersand we talk about ampersands or you know the symbol for and here at faithful and true all the time i think sometimes the second chance is about the fact that within the same person, there can be good qualities and bad qualities. There can be qualities of disobedience and qualities of wisdom or obedience. So how do we remember Solomon? You know, how do we read Solomon? Well, you know, there are several books of the Old Testament that are influenced by Solomon and his wisdom. There are the stories like we were reading in First. Second Kings. There is the book of Proverbs. And then there's this one book. I mean, when we think about healthy sexuality and we turn to Scripture, we always turn to the book, the uh, Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon. I heard our pastor, Joel Johnson, uh, at Westwood Church preach a sermon series based on the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon. It's, it's full of romantic attraction, healthy sexuality, lessons about relationship, so that when we remember Solomon, when we remember the giftedness that God created him with, he was a man of untold wisdom. He was generally considered the wisest man that has ever lived. So we give Solomon also a second chance in remembering that this incredibly wise and gifted man and writer was also a man who, whose talents and giftedness got led astray. So I think it's a, uh, it's a lesson for all of us. God is always waiting for us to return. Some of us do and some of us don't. So, well, was this just a simple case of Solomon not following his own wise advice? Well, that's, that's what I mean. I mean, Solomon can be wise and knowing and a good writer and a good teacher and he could still have his heart misdirect. So those things can coexist. They don't cancel each other out necessarily. His wisdom and his teaching and his writing can be what they are, even if he himself, you know, at the end of his reign, did not quite return to the true worship of God. I'm still having a hard time. I'm exhausted <laughs> thinking of the 1,000 wives yeah, you're thinking of, I know you, Randy, because, you, you know, you're not one of us in terms of this addiction thing. You're thinking about the honeydew list. That's exactly, that, you took the words right out of yes. my mouth. <laughs> See, some of our listeners are thinking about this in terms of uh, uh, sexual energy, but you're thinking about it in terms of the honeydew list, and that would be exhausting. Well, let's remember, Randy, if it gives you any sense of peace, that Solomon also had many other people to do all of the tasks for him. He very rarely lifted a shovel or did anything like that himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> Solomon had his people. That's good. I Solomon don't... had many people. <laughs> okay, this is good. He not only had many wives, he had many people. Okay. Now, basically, Solomon uh, accumulated lots of wealth. I mean, we could say that he, he was a man after things of the flesh. I mean, he enjoyed fine things. He enjoyed women. He enjoyed money. He enjoyed gold. He 
you know, there are people still looking for Solomon's treasure, Solomon's mines, and all of that kind of stuff. I just want to read uh, part of the end of the story here, 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 41. As for the other events of Solomon's reign, all he did and the wisdom he displayed, see, and the wisdom he displayed, are they not written in the book of the annals of Solomon? So Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel 40 years. So even though, you know, he's distracted, he's pursuing these other gods, he's allowed to remain king, and he's allowed to write, he's allowed to, you know, pronounce his wisdom. Uh, that's the God of the second chance because God knows that he's gifted Solomon with all of this, and that heritage is still going to be uh, available to all of us today. Then finally, verse 43 said, Then he rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam his son succeeded him as king. There never in the history of Jerusalem and uh, Israel was going to be a king as great as David or Solomon. I mean, it's kind of all downhill from those right, two guys. Right, right. And one has to wonder whether or not it's part of this uh, sexual and romantic distraction that was part of the downfall there. And at any point in the scriptures then, are we enlightened by how God gave Solomon his second chance that he has granted there? Well, one of the things I think we should remember here is that the Bible teaches us that the sins of the father is passed down to the second, third, and fourth generations. That's in uh, Deuteronomy and, and so forth. There, in fact, that's in the Bible three or four times, you know, that basic truth. Basically, what we see with David, then Solomon, is that the sins of the father are passed down to the second, third, and fourth generations. We're going to see it in some of the other children of David and that kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's a huge problem, particularly when we get to our last show in this series about Tamar. But what I think we need to take away from this is we have a choice. We have a choice that God is always the God of the second chance. He's always after us. He's always trying to get our attention. And we just have to pay attention. And when we do, the Bible is also uh, quick to tell us that if we return to God's ways, we get it right, that the blessings of that father will be passed down to the 1,000th generation. So if we commit sexual sins and we don't do anything about it, we stay distracted, that can be passed down to the second, third, and fourth generation. If we get it right, if we return to God, we allow God to be the God of the second chance, the blessings of that might exist for a thousand generations. That's a pretty good return on your investment. Uh, that's an incredible return. This is what I'm enjoying so much about this current series on the God of Second Chances, because for the men who are out there listening to us, and we thank you for your loyalty and for listening to us, and we are hearing from you, and we're hearing the, the gratitude that's coming our way, messages like this, in many cases, are taking an anvil off the shoulders of the men who are suffering, wondering if there is that depth of forgiveness in God. Because so many men carrying that shame, carrying that disappointment for their own sexual behavior, they're looking for redemption, they're looking for forgiveness, and, and they look at themselves in the mirror and say, could God possibly love me? And, and these messages have just been so inspirational as, as far as historically giving uh, the details of these characters throughout time and the depths of their sins, and yet God still found it in, in his heart to forgive. 
Right. I'd like to end today, Randy, with an idea uh, or a challenge for some of our listeners. Uh, as some of you know, we've been going out now to local churches uh, doing our new event called The Fight of Your Life. It's a one-day event where we're trying to um, get into some local churches and uh, put on a seminar about sexual purity, sexual health. One of the interesting things that happened this past Saturday when we were at one of these churches uh, was we got some feedback, which we were just talking about right before we went on the air here today, that uh, we go in and we sit them in at round tables, and uh, we then start talking about healthy sexuality and sexual purity, and we teach some scriptures, and we, you know, we try to be encouraging to the men. One of the, the pieces of feedback that we got today was that uh, they wished that we had uh, provided them with more opportunities to talk amongst themselves. Was that not one of... It was. Uh, several of them said yep. that. So where, does that, where, where am I going with this? The heart and soul and vision uh, of Faithful and True as we move into the future is to open up the conversation in the local church. Now, uh, what I'm suggesting to some of our listeners is, and what made me think of it just now is that you were talking about the, the sexual shame. So this series, God of the Second Chance, is about the second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance that we all get, uh, and that our shame is generally what's been keeping us quiet so that we don't, pastors don't preach about it, uh, Sunday school teachers don't teach about it, uh, men's Bible studies don't talk about it. Um, you know, we're all so convicted or burdened with shame that we don't raise the conversation. I think what we're beginning to see is if you give a man half a chance, if you give him an open door, if, if you have somebody that's willing to start the conversation, that, that there, are, there are lots of men who are eager, more than eager, to have that conversation. So my challenge to our listeners, are you going to be conversation starters in your local church? And if you were to be a conversation starter, how do you start that conversation? Maybe we should dedicate a few uh, future shows to maybe some suggestions about that. But for now, I'm asking you to think about how God might be speaking to you. Are you going to be a conversation starter, or are you going to remain passive? As long as you brought it up, I would like to take it a step further and invite our listeners to visit fightofyourlifeevents.com. Dot com. And fightofyourlifeevents.com is the, the website that we've created uh, for this new series uh, of events that we are holding at local churches. Uh, and if such an event like that uh, is intriguing to you and is something that uh, your church or men's ministry group or purity group uh, might be excited about hosting or getting behind, uh, feel free to check out the website. Uh, you're able to contact us uh, right there uh, on the website uh, with your ideas or your desires. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and we hope that today's message has been of benefit to you. Uh, we thank Ben Laser, our engineer and technical director, for his help. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we look forward to joining you again next week on the Men of Valor program. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.